This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, one of my favorite sources of news and information in journalism is ProPublica. And hopefully it is becoming or has become yours as well. Our guest today covers health care, public health, and the environment for ProPublica's South Unit. He was previously an independent journalist working with Georgia Health News as part of ProPublica's local reporting network, a collaboration that has investigated Georgia's, Georgia Power's toxic waste disposal practices, racial disparities in COVID-19 deaths, and a controversial loophole to fund nursing homes. His work has appeared in a variety of national publications, including The Atlantic, The New York Times, and Politico, Time Magazine, The Washington Post, Stat, State Line, where he covered healthcare as a Southern correspondent. He has also worked as a staff writer for CNN, Atlanta Magazine, and the Atlanta Alt Weekly Creative Loafing. His story about a death row doctor who built an empire from treating Georgia inmates won the SPJ Green Eyeshade Award for investigative reporting in 2020. So he knows of which he writes and he knows of which he covers. We're happy to have him with us now to talk about his latest piece, The Tragedy of North Birmingham. Max Blau joins us now. Max, welcome to Make It Plain. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How, how are you today? Just fine. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you, in fact. So we want to talk about uh, Birmingham, Alabama, of course, this is another uh, example of environmental justice, if, if not environmental racism. Talk to us, and I'm, I'm willing to learn something today because I've never heard of this before. This, this fuel, there's a fuel that is named Coke. And let's start there and, and tell us what that fuel is. Coke is, uh, is a fuel that is, has for Generations been used by the iron, the iron and steel making process in this country and, and, and beyond. The, the way Coke is made is you take lumps of coal and you put them into an oven and they burn at very hot um, temperature for hours on end. 
And ultimately, it the process of making coke allows steel mills and iron furnaces to um, make those metals into everything from cast iron pipes to uh, skyscraper I-beams. And, you know, much of modern America is, you know, is built with the help of coke. Um, if you think about it, I had never heard of coke before t- tackling the story and spending time in Birmingham. Um, it is, I think, when people think of places like Pittsburgh, as well as um, the south side of Chicago, along in Gary, Indiana, and you think of the heavy, intense pollution that comes from industry, uh, the burning of coal to make coke is a is a major part of of that. I just think most of the time people see coke pollution as part of the steel pollution that exists in certain areas. And so this is what North Birmingham is faced with, correct? And and if from what you're reporting, uh, an extraordinary amount of pollution from a plant that is not uh, preventing um, the community from being exposed to toxic chemicals and toxic waste, correct? That, that's correct. Um, if you were to go uh, take, a, take a drive down to or up to the north side of Birmingham, you would find the one particular, there are two Coke plants, but the one I'm writing about is um, called the, commonly known as the 35th Avenue Coke plant. And it is in the heart of three historic black communities on the city's north side. And this plant has um, been in operation for over a century. And the origins of it date back to the earliest days of Birmingham. And um, I, in the course of my investigation of this plant and its impact um, of the toxic air pollution and soil contamination that had happened in the surrounding communities, um, I tell the story of the of of the plant's full history dating back to the earliest years of the city. Um, what are some of the effects of this pollution on the community? This is these are cancer causing agents, are they not? That's correct. Within the plumes of thick black smoke that rise from uh, leaks in these coal. Coke plant ovens. Um, there is there's smoke that contains uh, tiny partic- uh, particles such as benzene or uh, PAHs that are uh, cancer causing chemicals um, what, and that elevate cancer risk to people over many years of exposure. Um, and then in this community, which is also a Superfund site, uh, these communities, which are which are part of a Superfund site, uh, there there have been le- levels of multiple cancer-causing chemicals, including uh, PAHs, arsenic, and, and lead found in the soil, and those are also elevate you know are, are can cause serious harm to people over the course of many years if exposed to them. You mentioned a bit about the history of this industry in Birmingham. Um, after the Civil War, you write that some of these jobs in, in iron working 
um, freed African-Americans had these jobs. They were hard jobs for low pay. This was somewhat of an extension of working in, in, in this industry, was it not? This was somewhat of an extension of the plantation uh, culture, uh, if not some form of, of, I guess it wasn't sharecropping, but it, it was, I guess, just a step above enslavement, was it not? Absolutely. After the, the end of the Civil War, the South was laid in, lay in ruins, uh, and Birmingham, which was founded in 1871, uh, was built with the idea of, on the basis of industrialists coming in to tap into rich deposits of, of natural um, resources around the, around the area, including coal and and um, other minerals and the hope was to that these by building a industrial hub in the heart of the south uh the south could create a kind of make this shift from the um agriculture-based economy that you know slavery played a part of into um an industrial era modern era that could ultimately someday compete with cities like Pittsburgh or Chicago. And during this, um, you know, there were, during Reconstruction, you had uh, formerly enslaved uh, Black, particularly men, who left rural parts of Alabama and, and headed to Birmingham to seek opportunities at various um, industrial plants, including uh, coke, ones that had coke ovens. Um, however, the historians ha have likened this period um, not as a new, necessarily a new opportunity, but as a evolution of the um, exploitative labor practices that existed before the Civil War and during the Civil War. Uh, historian, one historian in particular, called referred to Birmingham by the 1880s as a uh, iron plantation in an urban setting. Yeah, yeah. And, and they also did uh, convict leasing too, didn't they? When it came... There, there, there were... Um, in, in the days before this coke plant opened, the coke plant was part of a major... of a, of a larger corporate expansion, if you will, in the 19... in the... around the end of the World, world War One, But... Um, the convict leasing in particular happened by the same company to get to um, coal mines that really provide coal to be burned at these coal plants. Um, you also chart, and, and this kind of stands out to me, folks, if, if for those of us who think environmental concerns are, are relatively new, um, just want to lift this up. In 1913, from, from Max's article, 1913, over 100 years ago, uh, city commissioners banned companies from firing up their plants more than three minutes an hour. You mean to tell me even 100 years ago, there were concerns, there were these types of environmental concerns, and, and we're still fighting this? It's... While people may not have known the full science of how chemicals um, that I described earlier could cause cancer, um, smoke, you know, was a, a constant problem 
that impacted people's lives um, in terms of their respiratory issues, as well as um, cannot, from an economic perspective, if you lived or owned a business in an area near a plant, you were constantly having to um, spend money to clean up your property, which would be, um, you know, uh, discolored by the soot that would be falling on it. So there was a lot of range from economic nuisance to serious health issues. Um, but in places like Birmingham, and this is true of cities um, that I've been in elsewhere across the South, um, the smell and the sight of these chemicals, um, industry sort of framed it to the people who work with these plants as like the smell of uh, the smell of money or the, or the site of industrial progress. And so you, while there were people going back over a century that were concerned about the health implications and of, of this pollution, um, industry uses influence to not only try to stop more regulations from happening, also tried to reframe it as a, um, as a problem that um, was a, a side effect of making lots of money and making Birmingham a um, a major right. indus- industrial titan in the South. Yeah, and and to make it, I mean, southern those southern towns wanted to some respect, in some respect, uh, become bigger towns on the map, more relevant. And you're right, become you know big cities, if you will. Um, it's interesting, folks. In Max's writing, he uh, contrasts those we all when we when we think of Birmingham we think of the civil rights struggle um and Max so so poignantly right how while there were those African-Americans some of whom were either worked at the coke plants or had families at the coke plants while they were fighting to desegregate downtown and other areas of of public life in Birmingham there was sort of a and environmental segregation going on under the radar. White families moving to places with cleaner air, black families couldn't relocate themselves to places with cleaner air, right? Yeah, I mean, one of the most fascinating parts of diving into this history for me is, you know, I live two hours away from Birmingham in Atlanta. Now, a lot of the time I think about the reasons why Birmingham and Atlanta went on two different paths, why uh, Birmingham um, in the late 20th century, uh, stopped growing and, and why Atlanta became the, um, seen as, as a, as a black Mecca in the South and, and, and also a, a city that was worthy of hosting an Olympics and having this international prestige, um, around its reputation, around its growth and development. And I think so many people, when they think about Birmingham, you think of, Bull Connor, you think of uh, the dogs being unleashed uh, and attacking kids and the fire hoses. Like those images are in, in the bombing that that killed four girls uh, at, at um, 16th Street Baptist Church. But the, you know, it, it was a, while those things in the minds of, of families that lived in North Ham, you know, may have been the more immediate at the time often lost in the, in the broader history of Birmingham 
um, is, is this intersection of how people were living um, under the, under the shat or, or, or in, in all this smoke that was happening and all this harmful um, air pollution um, at the same time of these iconic and, and notorious moments in our, in, our, in our nation's history. Yeah, yeah, that, that's important to know. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And even during that time, not only was uh, George Wallace fighting desegregation, he wasn't exactly moving with all deliberate speed to deal with this toxic pollution. The EPA had to step in, right? Yeah, the, the, the EPA, which at the, in 1971, a year after, year or so after it was founded, um, had to intervene because there was a public health crisis um, that was happening because of the immense amounts of pollution being emitted into the air. And so the EPA came in, um, in large part because the state and Governor Wallace had not um, done enough to clamp down or address the problem. They temporarily forced uh, nearly two dozen industrial plants to um, shut down until the air pollution subsided. And that moment is, is like one of the... Um, it's a, it's a really one of the first times the EPA ever steps into a, pl a city and oversteps the local or state powers there to um, enforce um, environmental controls and, and take that kind of action. In terms of where things are today in Birmingham, um, is there a, a raised level of awareness around this toxicity? Uh, where do things stand? What is, is there movement on the ground to address it? I, among, I think it is hard to talk to people in, in these North Birmingham communities without concerns about their health coming into picture. Um, mm -hmm. It is both true that over many years, America's air quality has improved because of the EPA and various improvements to the Clean Air Act. But as it has happened, it is where there are toxic pollutions, pockets of toxic air pollution that remain have stood out and become more pronounced. And those are often in communities uh, like the north side of, the, of Birmingham that are um, either um, disproportionately uh, communities of color, lower income, or, or some in cases like North Birmingham. Uh, both mostly black and and, and largely uh, low income. I think one of the things that has helped bring awareness around these problems is not just the, the 
ongoing sight and understanding of air pollution, but there was a a um, the, the emergence and, and uh, understanding of how the soil was contaminated in this area really drove a lot of outrage around uh, the way it happened. And, and so there was a a scandal that happened um, in the mid 2010s where um, EPA, in their efforts to try and um, the toxic soil in this area try to use a uh, try to to prioritize put the the area on a priority list that would have had the potential to accelerate the cleanup and move faster but there were there was a, um, a corruption scandal that is very complicated um, that involved um, companies trying to uh, keep the area off the list in a secret way. And ultimately, there was lawmakers, one lawmaker and other lobbyists who went to, who were convicted and went to jail for this. And um, to a lot of residents there, like this, this saga, after so many years of air and soil contamination, stopped trusting government because um, of the way that they were treated and and uh, not only disregarded, but in some cases um, deceived um, in terms of the way this happened. Where is the city government right now in regards to this? Where's Where's Mayor Woodfin? Um, and and there's a there's is a there is a health commission that is functioning somewhere yeah. too. Is there not? Yeah. The so in in Birmingham, um, the air pollution uh, is regulated at the federal level by the EPA, which then a lot like the, the, the local authority that carries that out is the Jefferson County Department of Health. And, the Jeff and then the city of Birmingham um, does not have environmental control as a regulator, but they do have, the mayor has, is, is from his family is from from North Birmingham. Uh, it's the issues and the way that the neighborhoods there have been treated are um, front, you know, are constantly on his mind, as he told me in an interview. And as a result, he has tried to use his pulpit as a as a mayor to try to um, achieve some greater form of environmental justice there than what previously has existed. In fact, he has a plan, doesn't he, called the Big Ask? That's correct. It's, the Big Ask is a $37 million plan that you can read more about it in in my story. Um, but the as part of that plan, um, there would be, you know, if it, if it received the funding to, to back, um, would offer, would allow offers to hundreds, buyout offers to hundreds of re residents who could then move away from pollution if they wanted to. There would also be funding to relocate renters as well as uh, money to revitalize the community for those who want to stay. And I should note that when you talk to different people in, the, in these North Birmingham communities, um, there's a spectrum of what people want to see happen in the community. There are homeowners who want to cash out and but also can't cash out right now because of how suppressed 
their property values are in part due to the pollution in this area. Um, and then there are all their other people who it's, it's the only place they've ever lived in. They can't imagine ever leaving. They, they, they're in some cases um, in their, you know, their, their seniors and, and elders in, in, in these communities. And those individuals want to stay, but they want a better quality of life. And so it's a really complicated um, thing to answer. Of how do you best serve with this big ask and the other plan than everyone in these communities after so many years of disregard and deception? And, and Bluestone itself is really not interested in contributing to the big ass the way other corporations have done in other places. What they're, they're crying, according to your article, they're, they're even crying a little bit broke when it comes, if I'm correct, if I'm correct, when it comes to dealing with cleaning up from some of the current harm in place, right? What, are they having money problems? What's going on with them? It, they, Bluestone in, has told the, the EPA that they are unable to uh, cover the, like, there's a like a regulation that says they have to um, show that they can, if they were to go out of business, that the cost of covering a certain amount of the cleanup at the site uh, of hazardous waste would still on, and, and that that they couldn't just go bankrupt and then forget about it. Um, but Bluestones, we haven't, we haven't gotten the chance to chat about this here yet. But Bluestones, um, is, Bluestone Coke is a company that is owned by the family of one of America's um, wealthiest um, you know, business empires or, 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 or most, um, and, and it is owned by a man named, um, a family called the Justice Family. Right. Injustice is the, is um, at one point was a billionaire who, who made his money through the coal industry, coal mining in particular, and is currently the governor of West Virginia. And uh, Governor Justice is, son jade justice is the uh head of bluestone coke um and this company um if you were you can find more about this in the story itself but but to summarize it the company has said it was unable to make basic repairs to its its coke ovens and coke plant site um that would have prevented air pollution uh from leaking out and drifting into the nearby communities and the problem got so bad that um, that Jefferson County Department of Health had to step in and deny the company's like request to keep operating. And the plant is currently not producing coke uh, because of pending environmental, um, you know, uh, violations that 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 hatched up. Well, that's good. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I wonder though, Max. As we, well, we look at, a, at the nation trying to move away from fossil fuels, but, but this isn't really for the purpose of fossil fuels. As you said, this is for steel and iron production. Is there, um, uh, uh, I mean, it's not fuel for cars, so to speak, or, or transportation. Mm -hmm. I, I, are there any alternatives to this type of production uh, for this type of industry, or are we stuck with with coke? There is. Um, to, to, so, so first, I'll say this is coke is part of this 
dilemma of how do we shift away from fossil fuels because coke is is um refined coal which of course is a as a fossil fuel and, and so while coke plants use less coal burn less coal than coal-fired power plants do it is still you know you cannot have coke or fossil fuels um in recent decades, um, steel mills have started to shift away from using coke-fueled uh, plants, and they have what are called electric arc furnaces, which are um, use a different process. And while they're not, you know, they are they are more environmentally friendly than coke burning is or coke is, um, but that that is kind of the, the the shift towards that has happened uh, largely because of the increasing pollution regulations that exist in this country. So it's just become um, more it's generally become cheaper and a better investment to be building these these newer um, electric arc furnaces. And however, many of the remaining coke plants are are very old like this one in birmingham which is over 100 years old the plants have had some renovations years but largely one of the reasons why delays to these kinds of costly repairs are happening at plants like this one is because um companies are trying to preserve the final chapter of revenue uh, from these plants before they shut down. Yeah, yeah. What's been the reaction to your article so far? I, I think from hearing from last week or two weekends ago, right after the article came out, um, drove back to Birmingham to um, sit in a meeting with um, residents there, including um, uh, Mr. M Lamar Mabry, who is uh, one of the families that, that are featured his family's featured in the story. And I think the, the story has um, not only provided more information about the extent to which one of America's wealthiest families had um, exacerbated the environmental problems there, um, but it also, the story for the first time, published the big ask we've been chatting about and which had previously been an internal document inside of Birmingham City Hall, so residents are now becoming aware of the fact that the city is trying to build this plan, and I think that information has has well not what some people are uh, don't want to place too much faith or hope in into that plan because it's not funded yet. Um, are seeing the fact that some of their concerns are being taken seriously as a good sign. Um, on the flip side, it has been, I have not heard anything from the Jefferson County Department of Health or, um, Bluestone itself at this moment, kind of the big question is that, that, that is pending still is, um, whether or not Bluestone is going to be able to re reopen someday. And at the moment, um, you know, one, one of the findings my story, uh, uncovered is that they're. Jefferson County Department of Health has had entered talks to settle those violations I mentioned earlier with Bluestone. 
And if that happens, Bluestone could pay a, a relatively small fine compared to what they were facing and make repairs and then be on a pathway to reopening potentially. And so I think residents are watching what is going to happen at settlement, those settlement talks and um, are, you know, because this plan has been operating for a while, have had, had have finally gotten to enjoy um, healthier, cleaner air than they had in the past. And they are concerned what may happen in the future if the plant reopens. Why is the settlement so small? I, that's a question that um, the Blue, Jefferson County Department of Health uh, did not answer for me. I, I asked them to explain their, you know, on one hand, to, to put in the context for, for listeners, um, the $850,000 uh, starting point for those negotiations um, was uh, less than 2% of the $60 million maximum penalties that Bluestone could have, could have, was facing. Um, and that is a, the 850,000 figure is small compared to other regulator penalties brought against other Coke plants in other states, but it is a very large amount uh, for Jefferson County, which um, historically, according to data that I've obtained, has um, just not used fines as a major uh, enforcement tool over, over at least in the past decade and perhaps longer. And what an incredible story, folks. We invite you to go to propublica.org and read the latest, and this will be also posted on all of our social media and uh, on our podcast platform, the link to the story, The Tragedy of North Birmingham, the author Max Blau uh, sharing the story of what's going on out down there with this Coke plant. Again, Coke is a, is a form of fuel, <laughs> believe it or not. It's something I've learned. Um, and we see these problems are still taking place. Issues of environmental racism, environmental injustice are ongoing. We're glad we we're glad we have ProPublica and Max Blau to keep us uh, informed of this. Obviously, Max, you're going to stay on this story, right? Yeah, I'm I'm working on a follow up right now, so uh, there'll be more to come. We'll be on the lookout for that. Don't forget, folks, ProPublica.org. Let's stay informed. We don't talk about these environmental issues enough. We don't take them uh, seriously enough, uh, many many times, and. Uh, Max, I've, is, is, I'm sure you're aware of Media Matters work. I've frequently had them on the show. And one of the things we talk about is the dearth of coverage uh, for these types of issues when it comes to mainstream media, mainstream print media, uh, cable news networks. We need to be talking about this all of the time so that we're all activated. Lives are being lost at, at, at worst. Lives are being altered at best when it comes to environmental pollution, environmental injustice, environmental racism. And we're glad we have nonprofit sources of journalism like ProPublica uh, to bring this to bear. Thank you for joining us on Make a Plain, Max. Thank you for having me and thank you for uh, creating space for uh, this really important issue that's playing out in North Birmingham. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. 
Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand, and above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love, and please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.